0: Thank you for your presence in this place today, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in all of our lives. And I pray now, Lord, as your word is delivered this morning, help me, Lord, to deliver exactly what you want me to say, Father. Straight from the throne room of heaven, Lord, into people's hearts this morning, Lord. Let us have ears to hear, Father, hearts to receive and feet to go. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You were awesome, but I'm very biased. Hey. How are you? Are you enjoying the sunshine? It's lovely, isn't it? I said, I'm going straight back out into my garden this afternoon. Can't wait. Lovely. So this is a fun one. I said to um, Jesus, I said, okay, Lord, what would you have me say? What would you have me? Because I'm really, I said this before, I got a massive gob, <laughs> and I can talk forever, but I don't want it to be my words. Oh, yes. Thank you, Bowen. Um, see, heckled already. Not even on the first line. You know his home, eh? You know his family. So I need it to be his word. And I was thinking about these titles. It's never too late, too. We can always do this. And he said to me, call it. Slow down. You're going too fast. And I thought, Wow. Thank you, Jesus, because he talks to all of us in the way we understand, hey? And I know you know me. (laughs) Yeah? Roughly translated in the message version, she pops along at a rate of rapidness. But he's like, Corley, slow down. You're going too fast. There's always time. And isn't that a much nicer language? Rather than it's never too late, which implies we're hurrying, we're rushing, we're doing, there's always time. Shoulders go back, you kind of sink into things, hey? And I think it's modern culture, hey? We're always encouraged to rush everything. Buy now, pay later. Buy now, get this, three left, yeah? TV, X Factor, be a superstar in 12 weeks. I know. I don't know what he said, but I said I know. Um, Strictly, learn to dance in 10 weeks and you'll be amazing, then you can go on tour. But it's nonsense. Because these guys who are actually true professionals and are seasoned in their craft, they've been on a journey. They've been through a process. i read an article that Bono from U2, and he'd said they've played gigs as a new band where there was more people serving behind the bar than there was actually watching them. And I saw, did anyone see that picture of Ed Sheeran a couple of weeks ago? And he stands in there as a kid in the middle of this massive stage in an empty field. (laughs) And he's playing on his own. He's like, Little ginger kid about 12, you know. You know. But you've got to do it. You've got to go through it because now he's just finished a tour that's actually outsold you too, and it's the highest grossing tour ever. So, you know, normally it's the Rolling Stones or Metallica or whoever with these, with these gigs. Ed Sheeran, little boy stands in the field, learning his craft. Nobody's listening. Got to go through the process, hey? And sometimes we just want to rush, 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 rush. And actually Jesus says, slow down. You're going too fast, amen? And there's a scripture, Second Peter 3, 15. And it's a scripture that's become alive to me in recent months. And it says, and remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. And that scripture, it talks about patience, it talks about taking time. It's not rushed. It's not hurried. We're not trying to get somewhere really fast. It's actually saying, no, we're going to do this together. Amen. And we're going to go on a journey. And it's going to take time. Because the good thing is, with our walk with Jesus, we know where we're going. Yeah, amen. So we don't need to get the route plan around and go, okay, which way is it to heaven? Do I go this way? No, no, we just go with him. Yeah. Hey, the journey may be varied. But actually, our destination is assured. Amen? We know where we're going to go. It's marked out. And it says, Psalm 139, 16, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment, every moment, not every hour, or every day, or every week, or every month, or every year. Every moment, hey, was laid out. Before a single day had passed. So we don't need to rush, church. Every moment's already marked out. It's no surprise, our journey. Our destination is no surprise to Jesus. And it is, that you know, our lives are likened to a race. But I don't see in the Bible, it says it's likened to a sprint. And we're there, it doesn't. I don't want to say, I want to go slow. I want to do the marathon. You know, and it's endurance. A marathon's endurance, eh? A hundred meters, Less than 10 seconds. I think I want to be alive more than 10 seconds. You know? I do. I want to go on the journey with Jesus. But do you know what? Sometimes we just need to slow down. Sometimes we're just going to say, okay, Jesus, let it be your journey that you're taking me on. Let me not go racing across here. Actually, you want me to just to take my time and enjoy. Enjoy every day with him, hey? Enjoy the journey that he's taking us on. And I asked Marcia to pop this up this morning. Look at this, patience, what it actually means. The capacity to, can you see that? Am i mean, probably in everyone's way. Um, the capacity to accept or tolerate delay. That's what patience means. Patience means the capacity to accept or tolerate problems. Great, this is great news this morning. The capacity to accept Or tolerate suffering without becoming anxious or annoyed or annoyed or anxious. That's what patience means. It is a shame. But it's a wonderful shame because we get to do it with Jesus. Amen. And look again. Can we go back to that scripture, Marcia, 2 Peter 3.15? Because this is where it gets beautiful. Our, and remember... Our Lord's patience. It's not my patience, thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Our Lord's patience, not ours. He's not going to get annoyed or anxious by what we think are delays. He's not going to get a bit worried because the journey's taking a bit longer than we think it should. Yeah? But he's good. The Lord is so good. Because it's his patience. But here's when it gets better, because he gives us his patience. Look at Galatians 5:22, fruits of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, we know. Love, joy, peace, patience. Hey, but read it again: but the Holy Spirit produces. But for something to be produced, it's got to be made. It's a process. Yeah? It's not overnight. I want patience and I want it now, Lord. Disclaimer, you may not want to pray for patience because things will come along your path, along the journey, and you'll think, oh my gosh, why did I pray for patience? But be assured the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit, this kind of patience in our lives. Do you know what we've got to do? We've got to trust the process. We've got to trust Jesus on this one. Amen? Who's up for trusting Jesus this morning? Amen? Amen. He's going to take us on that journey. He's going to take us on the process. And it's a lifetime's walk. It's not a 100-meter dash. And it's going to produce patience amongst other things, amongst love, amongst joy, amongst peace. All of those things are going to be produced in our lives. But there's going to be stops along the way. There's going to be detours, church. Church. But remember, we've already seen that every moment was laid out for us. So we may have a little surprise, but Jesus won't have a surprise. Yeah? You with me? We trust in the process? Yeah. Are we slowing down and we're not going too fast? Yeah. Good. I'm going to show you holiday photos now because that's what girls do, hey? When, you, when you've got a microphone in hand, let me show you my holiday photos. So last year, Noel and I, we decided to go on a driving holiday. And we decided to go to Italy. It was cheap and cheerful because actually our destination was Lake Garda, which is very classy until you find out I'd actually booked a caravan. (laughs) We had a a couple of 10 days in a caravan in Lake Garda. Genius. It was brilliant. And it was cheap as ships. So we decided we'd go. And journey Now, as you know, and this is where it gets funny, which is why Jesus is saying, right, you, you minister this one this morning, girl, because you've got to live it first, is we had the route plans. We had them printed out, AA. We had the sat-nav. We had the something else, and we had the something else. We had the hotels booked along the way, because you can't just go from Cumbran to Lake Garda within a day. You can't. It takes a bit longer. Bit of a journey, bit of a process. But that's okay, because we've got it covered. Corley, planning extraordinaire, travel, agent when I was 16 we got this we got it don't worry about it no, I'll just pay it's fine so anyway so off we go having a lovely time until we get to um where were we just coming through France and then going over to Switzerland road closed road closed road closed I'm like yeah okay what do we do now then because my map says this and that's the way I planned I've planned this way and then let's have a look at our photos then, our mass. We've got, ah oh, yeah, so I've got to tell you about this bit. I've got to get this in anything that I ever say. So I booked it all. We were all organized, ready to go. And then we were going through Switzerland. And then I found out the Foo Fighters were playing the night after we'd left. Yeah. I like the Foo Fighters. I feel like I could be in the band at any moment. I'm just waiting for the call. I am just waiting for the call. Dave Grohl would be like, Callie, get up here. I need you. Okay, I'm there. He doesn't need my guitar playing, but I could do a bit of warbling in the background. So anyway, I thought, I know I'm good. I can change this. So I changed the plan. Noel, can we go and see the Foo Fighters? in the Huh? We're going to Lake Garda. I know, but I can manage it. So I did. So with the plans were changed. And you know what? Jesus blessed us with the most amazing time. You can see the gig didn't start till like 9-10 at night. I'm there at two o'clock in the afternoon with my ticket. There's no one else in there, is there? You know? I actually went right to the front and I was like this. Come on, you know, and there's like but there's like they're all German and Swiss and they're really tall. And was like, Do you really want to stay right to the front? And I'm like, Ah, do we brilliant? No because I can't I can't see anyone over anyone can I I'm really little so um, I'm like okay I'll go to the back but um there I am at the back having my own party at two o'clock in the afternoon because no one else there was it expected was it planned no but it was brilliant what a journey the next picture we've got then now this is random this is the road closed in Switzerland so we had to go another way. We had to trust the sat-nav on this one, which I'm not very keen on, but we did. And actually, as we were driving by, I thought, oh, that looks really pretty. We drove down that road, and there's a man with, an, with, a, with a gun in his hand like this. Hello, we're from Wales. <laughs> it was like a, it was a military air base. Who knew? That wasn't on the map. Why would it be on the map? So we saw this beautiful waterfall. Look at that one. There was snow. We had to go up and over the Alps. We never planned to do that. Go for the next one, Mars. Look at that. That's June. That's June. And we were like this. <gasps> what an adventure. And we were loving life. The best things that happened on that holiday were all the unexpected, hey? The Foo Fighters going up over the Alps, Switzerland. Look, oh, that one is on the way back because Noel then got a bit excited. Now, Noel, if you know Noel, he doesn't read maps. Or if he does, you go in the wrong way. It's not an artist, true. He'll tell you. He's upside. We went to Malta once. He forgot to take his driving license. So um, I drove. He did the map reading. We were going to a beach. We were at completely the other end of the island and he went oh turned it upside down yeah 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 it just it doesn't matter i love him it's fine but he then got onto the map reading bit and he thought this is quite cool that's the Stelvio pass and for those of you who like cars and things um it's a windy road that you can drive really fast in but not when your wife's next to you so we went up and down Stelvio Pass and there was like Austrians in tractors having to go there was all these bikes and there was this big community of motor enthusiasts at the top where we're standing there driving right the way down the bottom and right the way back up but it was an adventure and Jesus always says come on kids enjoy it enjoy the journey I'll go with you the picture that I didn't put up there is we got pulled over by the police and I'm <laughs> yeah no it gets better than that i like, Ah oh, yeah, we're from Wales, you know. And um, no, pull over, pull. What? Why? What's happening? Pull over, pull over, pull over. So we pulled over, like this or oh, the other side, the other side, and um, this. But the guy tells us the Tour de Suisse, the cycle race, is just about to pass through the village. Oh, brilliant! So we pulled up, and you know, you hear the ding, ding 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 with all the bells, and we're like, yeah. Oh, we don't know who they are, but they was all like going really fast and they're like, crap, like that. But it was brilliant. And all of these things, it's just unexpected. Just unexpected. But Jesus says, enjoy it, kids. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process. So, you know, all I know that he's trying to say today is, church, slow down. Slow down. Take your time. Why? Why? Because I've got three little things to let you know about, which could be massive in any one of our lives. Why do we slow down? Number one, because there's always time for your miracle. There's always time for your miracle. Look at Lazarus. In the natural, time was gone. Everyone could see Lazarus. He was gone. He was dead. But Jesus wasn't in a hurry. There's nowhere in the Bible that Jesus is hurrying his interactions with people to go, I need to get there, I need to get there. Sorry, yeah, bless you, bless you, you're healed. And he's there. It just doesn't there. He takes his time interacting with people. He doesn't hurry. Everything that Jesus does is purposeful and on a timeline of eternity. Amen? Lazarus, John eleven four. 4, when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. That's why. This time for your miracle, why? Because he'll receive the glory. The next, the next line in five, verse five and six. So Jesus, although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for two days. He's not hurrying. He's got this. He's got all of our lives, amen? He's got this. We might think we need to go rushing on. He's got this. He's got this. He was in no hurry to get there. And then you look at John 11, if we nip over to verse 14. He said to the disciples, Lazarus is dead. And for your sakes, I'm glad I wasn't there. For now you will really believe. Come, let's go see him. Now the disciples, they're thinking, why are we going to go and see a dead man? There's no hurry. Jesus is not rushing. He says he's dead. Let's go see him. I don't want to go and see a dead guy. I don't want to go and see him. And the next verse is really funny. It actually made me laugh out loud. Thomas, nicknamed the twin or Didymus, it says, to his fellow disciples, let's go to and die with Jesus. <laughs> it's really funny because just before that, Jesus, they, he'd been stoned. So they wanted to try and kill him in Judea and was actually going back to the place where they're trying to kill him. So number one, they go in to see a dead guy, and then they think they're going to get killed along the way. And Thomas said, come on, let's go and die with Jesus. I mean, <laughs> I thought it was funny. You might not, but I thought it was really funny. You know? But then, verse 17 says, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had been dead and in his grave for four days. But Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many other people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But look at this, Mary stayed in the house. I probably would have as well. He should have come four days ago. What's he doing? True? Come on. In the natural? Come on. But Martha went out and she said to Jesus, Lord, again the same thing, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask go on martha hey in his time verse 45 said many of the people who were with mary believed in jesus when they saw this happen it's for his glory his time in he was in no hurry exactly as dave said this morning when he prayed beautifully for the prayer requests jesus didn't come when it was easy he came when it was impossible amen Why? Because it's for his glory. He walked on the water right in the middle for his glory. Amen? So even though Mary and Martha knew their brother had died, Martha still believed because there's always time with Jesus for our miracle. Amen? And look at Abraham and Sarah. They were old. She was barren. But the Lord had promised her a child. They tried to do it themselves. We know this with the servant Haggai. Did they trust the process? No. But they hurried the process. And lots of things have gone wrong because of that. Amen? But look at this. In Genesis 17, 5, the Lord changed Abram's name. He said, instead you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. And he says to Sarah, In verse 15 and 16, he says to Abraham, regarding Sarah, your wife, her name will no longer be Sarah, For now on her name will be Sarah. And I will bless her and give you a son from her. Yes, I will bless her richly and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. But here's where it gets interesting. If you read from there to when Isaac was born, It was 25 years, 25 years. But this is where faith kicks into action because from that moment on, God never called them by their old names, Abram or Sarai. He called them by their new names, Abraham, Sarah. And if you look at the interactions through the text of the Bible, that's what they call themselves and that's what they call each other. And our learn there, church, is what God has promised us. Let's start speaking it into being. Amen? Let's call it for what it is. Let's call it for his promises, not our circumstances, not our situations. Let's call it as he sees it. Yeah? So we see with his eyes. We see, we don't see the circumstances. We see the journey ahead. We see the destination. Amen? Amen. And it says in Romans 4, 16 to 18, the promise is received by faith. Amen. And then jump down to verse 18, which says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. So I guess our reminder for all of us today is slow down. Slow down. What has God promised you? What miracle are you believing for? I mean, 25 years, I can't wait 25 minutes. I can't. I mean, this. I'm talking to myself. Do you know what I mean? This is this is in no way perfected. You know? <laughs> yeah. Ask Noel. Um, so yeah. Thank you. Amen. Um, so yeah. Do you know what I mean? So this is what do we believe in for church? What miracle do we think is dead and buried, like Lazarus? What miracle that we can't even imagine to be conceived in our hearts? Maybe like that baby Isaac. What miracle do we think we've run out of time for? There's always time with Jesus, Amen. Just we gotta keep believing, and do you know what we've got to do? We've got to keep speaking it out, speaking it out, and speaking it out, and spe- claim it, claim it, because God's already called it, and God then doesn't call us back to the old thing. God's called it in these circuits. God's He's not dead. Don't worry. You're going to be a father of many nations. You're going to be a mother of kings. I called it. Believe it. Amen. There's always time to start again. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) I have stuffed up more times than I can tell you. Many of you know me. Many of you have seen the stuff ups. (laughs) But it's okay because there's always time with Jesus to start again. Amen. Peter, look at Peter. Here he is. We love Peter. Good bit of Peter. You always feel better when you've read a bit about Peter, don't you? <laughs> you always feel a bit better. Jesus' is right-hand man, he was there, right in the midst of everything, right the way throughout Jesus's ministry, he was there. But when push came to shove, I don't know you. And you can see in Matthew 26, Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Famous last words, Peter. But we do it, don't we? Yes, I can be there at half past two. We're never there. Half past three, four, five. Oh, sorry, I can't make it. We do that. Verse 34 says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you ever knew me. Now, I don't think Jesus was angry. Because he knew because every moment was laid out before the day he was born. He knew. But it's all for his glory. All of this time and all of this journey is for his glory. But Peter insisted, because Peter knew, Haley knows best when she talks to Jesus sometimes. I do. I was like, Lord, I think you made an error there. And he's like, I haven't. (laughs) But Peter knows best here. And he says, no, even if I have to die with you, I'll never deny you. And look, all the disciples vowed to do the same because he was a leader. Peter was a leader. All the disciples vowed to do the same. And then the garden of Gethsemane happened, ears were chopped off, Jesus was arrested. And it says in the word, Peter followed at a distance. He wasn't right up close next to Jesus for the glory hour then, followed at a distance. And then still in Matthew 26, it says, it tells us the story of when, when Peter denied Jesus. And he says he was sitting outside in the courtyard and a servant girl came over And said, you were one of those with Jesus the Galilean. And he said, nope, don't know what you're talking about. He did, he's there. And it says Peter denied in front of everyone. And then later by the gate, so he was in the courtyard, now he's out by the gate. He's he's gone further, he was in the courtyard, now he's out over there. He's like, nope. And another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. And Peter denied it with an oath, this time no less. An oath, I tell you. I don't even know the man, he said. And a little time later, some of the other bystanders, so who knew where he was then, said to Peter, you must be one of them, we can tell by your accent. And you know that, don't you? When you meet people for the first time, where are you from? eh? well, I'm from the Rhondda. <laughs> I'm from Cardiff, R-I-B. How's it going? You wouldn't even tell where people are from by their accent. You can. And Peter, so he said, a curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed. And then Jesus's words flashed before him and he went away. It says, weeping bitterly. How is he going to start again? The Savior, the Messiah, he's just denied him three times. You'd feel pretty bad, wouldn't you? you would, what do you do then? What you done Like that is the stuff up. Well, it's, it's not as bad as the stuff up of Adam and Eve probably, but it's quite a bad stuff up, hey? What does he do? Well, he did the only thing he knew. He went back to where he came from. And it says in John 21, 3 to 7, Peter said, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. Because he was a fisherman when he met Jesus. He was a fisherman. And Jesus said, don't be fishers of fish, be fishers of men. And he followed him, left his nets and followed him. It says that. But read this, it's really interesting. So Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come to, they all said. All of them. And you're like, wow. If you go back to a place where Jesus has never called you, just be careful who you take him with. Amen? Because actually Jesus has called him to be a fisher of man. But he's like, no, I ain't blow this. I can't do this. I've denied him three times. Life is over. then I'm going fishing. Come on, boys. Yeah? So just be really careful. If you're going to just, you know, just be careful who's going with you. But they went out into the boat and they caught nothing all night. Why? Because they weren't meant to be there. That part, that season, that part of the journey that Simon Peter was on was over. He's done the fishing bit, tick in the box. He's now a fisherman, so he's never gonna catch anything unless with Jesus, amen? Unless with Jesus. And then there was Jesus on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who it was. And he called out, fellows, I like this, fellows, New Living Translation, fellows. You can imagine him saying that have you caught any fish? Well, he knew the answer because every moment was passed out before the beginning of time. No, they said. Imagine that. Peter's denied Jesus <laughs> three times. The roosters crowed. It's pitch black because they fished all night. Pitch black. And he hadn't caught a thing. You'd be feeling a bit low because that's the only thing he knew he was good at. He was a good fisherman. Hey? But Jesus said, throw your net out on the other side of the boat and you'll get some. And look what happened. <laughs> he did. And they couldn't haul the net in because there were so many fish. And do you know what? There's always time to start again with Jesus. Amen? Because in a moment, Jesus took that failure. He took the failure and he turned it into success. No fish, abundance of fish. There's always time, amen, to start again with Jesus. Because we all make mistakes. Every moment was planned, all recorded. Jesus knows. But his mercies in new every morning. Amen? We can start afresh with him. And it's impossible to go back to our old ways, even if we try our hardest. Why? We won't get the same results. We just won't. We won't get the same results because he's called us to a greater purpose. I remember I left BT, um, oh, like 10, 11, 12, 13 years ago now, whatever it was, to, cut, to come and um, work here at the church office. And I finished in the November, so I was invited back to the Christmas party, and we went to London, and it was all lovely. I mean, we had a great time. It was really, really nice, just a couple of weeks, and saw everyone. But the year later, they invited me back again. So I went up, but it wasn't the same. And I came home, and I said to Noel, I'm not going again. I've moved on. They've moved on. This separated, Jesus is designed to be so. You've done that part of life, tick, I need you on this part of your journey now. And there will be, we'll always have a yearning church to go back because it's comfortable because we know what we're doing. Well, so did Peter, but he didn't catch any fish. You won't get the same results because you've been called to a greater purpose, amen? Amen. And it says, John 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone, anyone, not certain people, anyone, who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the father even greater works so there's always time always time to start again even if we think we've made the biggest mistake ever Jesus doesn't fall off the throne church <laughs> he's all right whoop Haley did that <laughs> he's fine Jesus is fine. He's secure on the throne. He knows what's going to happen. And do you know what he does in his beauty? When we make a mistake, he allows us to rest and recover and start again. Psalm 23. We could read this, right? And this is how we normally read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down big green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah? Because we know it. So let's slow down. And let's read it. The Lord is my shepherd. New Living Translation now. I have everything I need. Amen? Let it sink. Slow down. You're going too fast. He lets me rest in green pastures. He leads me beside peaceful streams. Amen? Amen? He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. Amen. Amen. So you're not giving up. There's nothing too great a mistake for you to give up. You're starting again. And Jesus will help you. He'll help you rest. Where? In a green pasture. This is a green pasture. Look around you. Look at the people Jesus has set next to you, in front of you and behind you. Look at the people in your Connect Group family. Look at the people in the teams you're serving with. He loves you. He set you up to win, to take that journey, to go on that process with him. There's always time to start again. There's always time to rest and recover. Being stressed out, and busy, and anxious. It doesn't bring glory to his name. But resting in him, and ready to go, and giving him all the praise and the glory. Amen? That gives him glory. And finally, as the band come back up again, because they're awesome, I want to tell you there's always time to believe. This is where my tissue comes out. Because that scripture right at the beginning... 2 Peter 3.15. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. That's the scripture that the Lord gave me in November of last year. My father was diagnosed with liver cancer. And he didn't know Jesus. And I was... I'm like, Lord. (laughs) I had words. You know, I'm like, Lord... That's my dad. And he was, he, was, he was terminal. It was, you know, probably one of the most horrible conversations that I had with my dad was, he lived in Padstow. And I'd researched, I'd had a little look, I'd, I'd set myself up. I need to know what we're dealing with. Because I do, do my plan, know my list, you know. And my dad received a letter after all the tests and he phoned me. I was sat in the office across the way. And this letter came through and he phoned me up and he didn't understand what it meant. <laughs> and my dad's not the one for patience, it's fair to say. I may have inherited that little trait, but I'm working on it. Thank you, Jesus. And he said to me, what's palliative care? What? And I could hear him. And I'm like, oh, dad, I don't want to tell you what palliative care is. What is palliative? So I can hear him saying it to me. And I'm like, oh, dad, please don't make me. Let you know what this is when I'm three hours away and 150 miles away. So I told him, because he wouldn't let me off. I had to tell him, and he's my dad who do what I'm told, even if I'm 46. <laughs> and um, I heard it sink, I heard it land. And he was like, What? Can't do anything? No, dad. No, dad. But you need to know we're praying. We're praying for you, Dad. And in my green pasture, which is here, and with these guys around me who are praying and praying and praying and Pastor Dave and Pastor Faye and and people within the church who are praying for me to have an opportunity to lead my father to Jesus. Are we prayed? We prayed, man. Be careful who you share your news with. Sometimes you you keep it tight. Sometimes you share, but be very careful who you share your information with. Why? Because I didn't want to hear it. I had certain people that were aware and that was it. You just got to sometimes use that little bit of discernment, amen? And he was fine. November, we went down and spent Christmas with him and he was fine, but in January, he took a tumble and he couldn't get back up. And I had a really distressed call from Doris, who's his partner. I was walking the dogs about half past seven in morning in January. And I, I, she's an she's awesome lady, strong lady, beautiful lady. And she was absolutely distraught on the end of the phone. I'm like, I couldn't understand. But my dad had taken the tumble in the night and she just couldn't get him back up. Because you just get a dead weight, don't you? You know, when people are just under, they just, he couldn't get himself up. She couldn't get him. She's 80. She couldn't get him back up herself. So the ambulance came and, and off and off started the journey back and forth, Padstow. And I'd run and pick her up. Then we'd go down to True Row to the hospital, which is another 45 minutes away, back and forth, back and forth for a little while. And I have to say, Pastor Dave and Pastor Faye were phenomenal in all of this. They are God-set people for this house, Amen. They are phenomenal. And they were praying. And they were praying. And a week before, my dad died. I was there. And he wanted to phone my brother, Howard. And he wanted to have the conversation, you know, putting all of your effects in order and all of that stuff. And I'm like, oh, let's not do this conversation. <laughs> do we have to, Dad. Phone your brother. All right, Dad. i still doing what I'm told. I'm a good girl. <laughs> so we phoned my brother and my dad's word to howard was i'm dying son and that was really hard we knew but it was really hard to hear my dad confess that and say that you know and we had a conversation and it was beautiful yeah but when we put the phone down my dad said to me i'm ready to go and you know when you just know that you know that you know that you know that you know and you're like, thank you, Jesus. I said, where are you going, Dad? Because half the time I called him Philip. He was oh, Philip, behave yourself. <laughs> where are you going, Dad? That's what he said to me. I said, is it? You're going to heaven, are you, Dad? Yep. I said, right. Please may I pray with you? And he said, yes. Thank you, thank you Jesus. There is always time There is always time, church, to believe. There's always time to believe. And we had, I mean, I was, you can imagine it was, I mean, I don't cry pretty, pretty. I cry pretty, I don't. I cry ugly, you know, you know, one of them. It was an ugly cry, but it was beautiful to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because I prayed, I had the privilege of leading my father to Jesus one week before. What could my dad, what could have my dad given Jesus? Nothing. He could barely speak. He was bedridden. He couldn't do any works. He couldn't come down and label a couple of hampers, you know, before he couldn't do anything. But like the thief on the cross, there is always time, church. There is always time. Amen. But let me tell you this, two weeks or three weeks later, whenever it was and we had my dad's funeral, there was maybe 60, and that was horrible, having to phone everyone and say my dad's dead, you know? Because my dad didn't want anyone to know. Nobody knew, his brothers, his sisters, his friends, nobody knew he was ill because he didn't want to tell him. And good on him, that's up to him. You know, some, uh, that's what my dad wanted. So we respected my dad's wishes. So then having to make the phone calls was awful. But you know what, they came. There was maybe about 60 people that traveled from all over the UK. Because my dad lived in Padstow for 17 years. So he's got, and he was in the Merchant Navy before that. He traveled the world. There was people from all over came to celebrate the life of my dad. But you know what? They heard this story. We shared with them what had happened with my dad. Noel and I, we led the worship because that's what I was gonna do for my dad. And my heavenly dad. Amen? And 60 people there were in no doubt who Jesus was. They left that service with hope. They left that service under absolutely no illusion that they could too take their time to believe. Amen? They were saying, that's the best funeral I've ever been to. <laughs> I don't know if you're having the scale of one to 10 on funerals, how good they are. That was, I've never been to a funeral like that before. That was brilliant, you know? Yeah, thanks, Jesus is called. He's called Jesus, you know? But maybe, maybe as we close, maybe we've just got to slow this pace down, church. Maybe we've just got to stop running from the one thing to the one thing to the one thing and just take time to enjoy that journey with him amen maybe you've given up hope maybe we all have in some way or another because we don't think our miracle's ever going to arrive at our door but it will and it'll be for his glory amen maybe you need to start again maybe you think you know what I have stuffed up and I've stuffed up and I've stuffed up hey hey Jesus says come on Chuck your nets over the other side. Come off breakfast with me. It'll be okay. We can start with him. Or maybe like my dad, you just need to accept Jesus into your heart and you just need to go, okay, it's my time to believe. Amen. Father God, I thank you for your beautiful presence in this place today. I thank you, Lord. You are the God of the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, the tenth, the hundred, and tenths, the thousand, and tenths, the ten millionth, tenths, chance. There's always time with you, Jesus. There's always time to believe in the beautiful Jesus heaven sent. And we thank you, Lord. As you've ministered today, Lord. We thank you for your words that will be a salve into people's hearts, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that if we've never made a decision for you before, Jesus, today is our day. Today's the day we choose to believe in you. Today's the day we choose to start again. Today's the day we choose to believe in that miracle that you promised us, Jesus, many years ago. And we thank you, Lord for your beautiful presence. We thank you, Lord, that every single day is mapped out before the beginning of time. Every moment of our lives are designed and planned for you, for us to journey through our life with you. We praise you, Lord, and we trust you, Jesus. Amen. Amen.